0: Thank you, Liz. Uh, Let's just, uh, just add more prayer together, that the Lord will open the eyes of our understanding to see what is communicating with each one of us uh, this early morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we continue to appreciate you as God, appreciate you as Lord, committing this hour to you as King, to you as Lord, as we share about your blood and generate the blood I pray that holy One of Israel, you'll open an understanding to see what you're communicating concerning the issue of blood. We shall no longer take it for granted. It's difficult. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, beginning from where we have just read Revelation chapter 12, uh, verse 11 specifically. Okay, from verse 7, it says that there was war in heaven. Um, angel Michael and his angel uh, Michael uh, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. Uh, here they mentioned blood in the context of war. (coughs) The scripture says that, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Now, this is very funny. (laughs) And this is interesting. Naturally, if any of you has given a bowel or a bucket of blood to go and fight with a neighbor, how many of you would accept that kind of weapon? Probably, I, I don't think anyone uh, who is a serious fighter, a serious warrior, would want to have blood for, for a war. They would want guns. They would want the latest drones, the latest you know, uh, weapons. But I don't think they would want to use blood in war. But according to the scriptures, the weapon that God used when he was dealing with Lucifer, when Satan was going to fall from heaven, God chose blood as a weapon. That's what he gave his angels to fight the battle. And this is the day that actually Satan fell from heaven. Long before man was created, uh, the weapon that was used was blood, meaning they didn't use human blood, they didn't use uh, any other blood, it was the blood of Jesus Christ. Of course, What is a prophetic word? It was not, it is, uh, John was singing the spirit of what happened in the beginning of how all things were. So surprisingly, these guys used blood as a weapon of war. I don't know, I mean, most of us really have, used, have been speaking of blood, or we have. Hard words like, let the blood of Christ be upon you, you know, cover myself with the blood of Jesus. But I don't think, surely, most people understand blood and its value in this context of war. Uh, Because when something goes wrong, you forget that you had to put the blood somewhere, and uh, you want to use other means in the flesh to protect yourself, to cover yourself. But very few people really trust the blood, genuinely. Many people usually speak it, they use those words, they talk about the blood of Christ. But hardly would they surely have faith in that blood because they don't see it probably, or they just hear it's a common thing that has been among the Christians for many years, but I don't think we really understand. So the question would be but why blood? Why? Why would God choose blood of all the weapons that He has fight the war against Satan? Now that we do posed to ask the question, why don't we choose blood usually when we are... Most of us usually when we are fighting the devil are in prayers. Uh, the few prayers I've heard about in people's prayer groups. One of the things that they usually use a lot is uh, they use fire. Others usually bind. Others normally cancel. Uh, those are the best, most of the weapons that we usually use in, uh, in our prayers. But very few people honestly and genuinely use blood. In warfare. Now, something very important about blood we need to understand is that actually blood speaks. When you read the book of Hebrews,
1: chapter 4,
0: I pray that people will just stay muted unless you're given uh, an opportunity to speak. So I'm going to request Liz, since she's my moderator, to read for me, building for me so that we have order. Revere, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 24. Liz, if you're there, you can unmute yes, and Hebrews, read. Hebrews 12? 24.
1: Uh,
0: OK,
1: let me get it. Hebrews 12, 24 says, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel.
0: Thank you. Now, the scripture says that there's the blood of the blood of sprinkling, or oh, that was sprinkled, that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. It speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Now, what does that mean, all speak to us? That blood speaks. Because he that speaks by the things that the blood of Abel, that speaks on the good things. So he says it is in comparison with the blood of Abel. And when you go back to Genesis chapter four, where the blood of Abel was first shed, God came and told the Cain that your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. Which is enough evidence after that blood speaks. Meaning, in reality, blood does not just it is not just a lipid it is not just something that flows in the veins of beings or animals blood literally is uh yeah let me put it this way blood is not just a dead thing it's not a non-living thing blood has life and that's why it speaks Maybe let to go back a little bit to Leviticus chapter 17. Please, if you can move quickly at Leviticus 17 so that we understand this context of blood before we share about the blood of the Lamb itself. <laughs> Leviticus
1: 17,
0: verse 14.
1: Read 13 and 14. <laughs> Leviticus 17, 13 and 14. Anyone also of the people of Israel, or of the strangers who sojourn among them, who takes in hunting any beast or bird that may be eaten, shall pour out its blood and cover it with earth. For the life of every creature is in its blood. Its blood is its life. Therefore, I have said to the people of Israel, you shall not eat the blood of any creature. For the life of every creature is in its blood. Whoever eats it shall be cut off.
0: Thank you. Now, the scripture says that the life of any creature is in its blood. And I'm sure that's why, if you want to understand your identity, most of the times you'll check your blood. If you want to know anything about a human being, whether they are origin or they are what, they will check literally. Most of the times they check the blood. If you want to do DNA, they use the blood. Now, this is very, very important in that. Because we've seen that the, the blood of the lamb speaks better things than the blood of Abel, meaning the blood of anything whose life is in that particular blood, that, thing sp- that blood speaks the language of that particular thing, creature. If it's a human being, if the blood is shed and the blood of a human being will speak literally the way the person would have spoken. That's why God told Abel that rather Cain that the blood of your brother, Abel, is crying out to me. And that's why they say that the blood of Christ speaks better things, meaning it was the blood can represent you exactly the way you are. Even when you are dead, your blood speaks on your behalf. Now, that's why don't, don't be surprised that most people, when they want to do anything on earth, They must shed blood. They have to use blood either in the foundation of a building, they use the blood of anything. Because once they slaughter that chicken and put it in the foundation, for sure, uh, the chicken will be in the foundation because what they can afford. Those who are much richer, they will use human beings. Little kids probably, or even adults, they sacrifice the children because they want the life of a human being in the foundation of the structure because the structure will only listen and respond to the voice of that being. So don't be surprised that people, when they're going to do anything, they have to make sure they offer blood as a sacrifice, because the blood is not just a liquid. It is a life. It is something that thing that they have sacrificed, is, uh, its weight is in the blood itself. That's why they use it everywhere. Praise the Lord. And this is why I want us to be much, much more careful. Why? Because there are so many things we get because we're talking about blood as a weapon of warfare. Most people who fight us, Christians, they will use blood. Why? Because if they used blood in the revelation, okay, before, to fight Satan out of heaven, what makes you think Satan doesn't know the power of the blood? Now, because not everyone can access the blood of the lamb that was used in heaven, it is very easy for Satan to use blood of anything where there is ignorance to also fight other people. Why? Because he knows that blood is a weapon of warfare and it can overcome more than a thousand guns can. Now, that's why Satan has made sure that everywhere on earth, People use blood to fight against other people. Take an example. If someone wants you, maybe uh, troubled or anything, someone, all he needs is to go to shrine. And if they ask him, he will probably offer a goat. They are not interested in the meat, they're interested in the blood. Well, after getting that blood, is what they will use to do anything against. And you will be there sleeping, and your dreams, cows are running after you, goats are chasing you. You know, you're all oh, you're speaking, you're meeting the goat which is speaking. What is troubling you? Is the voice of the blood of the cow that has been sacrificed? It is that blood that is tormenting you most likely because you also don't know how to use this other blood that you have—the blood of Christ—and that's why it's very important to understand that where there is any bloodshed, any bloodshed, there will always be a voice of that blood that speaks. I'm um, sure so you've come across where specific places in uh, in the country where there is uh, where they usually we usually get accidents where people normally die, or where there are murders. Certain places really are known for murder. So those places, usually, there is a voice that comes from that place. Why? Because blood that has been shed is still speaking and calling out either for revenge or for something else. When you go to the book of Hosea, uh, Hosea chapter 4, We can run to Hosea chapter 4 quickly. Uh, Let's read from verse 1 and
1: 2. You want me to read? Yes, you can read. Okay. Hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel. The Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love and no knowledge of God in the land. There is swearing, lying, murder, stealing, and committing adultery. They, they break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed.
0: Thank you. Bloodshed follows bloodshed. Oh, some of us say that blood calls for more blood. It is only natural that where there is bloodshed, surely there will always be cycles of bloodshed. Why? Because one blood keeps calling for more blood, why there is that revenging spirit from the beginning. The same way Abel's blood, who was by the Bible calls righteous, it kept calling for more blood. Up to today, everywhere there is bloodshed, more blood is always required. Now let's go back to Genesis and analyze a little bit before we come to blood as a weapon of war. Genesis chapter 4. There's something I want us to handle in the area of bloodshed, such as that by the time we finish this session this morning, there are certain practical uh, uh, prophetic praying that you probably would do as a person after today. Uh, Genesis chapter 4, from verse 9.
1: Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Up to when?
0: Well, just continue reading. i tell you to stop.
1: And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cast from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you walk the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away. Okay.
0: Uh, Now, this is something very interesting about the issue of bloodshed that we must look out for, uh, especially if we are struggling with the issue of bloodshed. Number one, one of the consequences of shedding blood, because I think about blood which speaks, is that blood keeps calling for revenge and eventually, God told Cain that you're going to become a vagabond. vagabondism and a fugitive, He said, you shall be on the earth, meaning where there is. Uh, one of the signs that actually is bloodshed, maybe probably be in your ancestry, or in your lineage, maybe someone killed a person. One of the things that happens naturally is bloodshed, uh, rather is vagabondism. You have, you find people are struggling with this; but they can't rest. They cannot settle. They are fugitives. Always, even when they are powerful, they just always on the run from one place to another, from one political party to another. They They are restless wanderers. They are always migrating from one place to another. Somehow, somewhere, there is a sense of restlessness. You cannot be in one place. You can't be in one position. You cannot be in one thing. Somehow, somewhere, the issue of loyalty becomes a problem. You're a restless wanderer. And that is one of the greatest signs that there must be bloodshed somewhere in your background. Then something that is very, very critical also about bloodshed uh, that is done is, uh, usually because we're saying that blood calls for more blood, from this particular chapter, we see that when you go when you go into verse, uh, verse 23, you can read for us verse 23,
1: of Genesis?
0: Yes, of
1: 23. Okay. Lamech said to his wife, <clears throat> Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I, I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold."
0: Now this man, Lamech, was a fifth generation from Cain. He was a great, great, great grandson of Cain. So in between, there is nothing that happens among these other sons of Cain. But at the fifth generation, this man called Lamech was just, he met a young man, probably like I he said, he's a young man. He met a meaning and the other two wives probably, so he met, he's like maybe a person of 50 or 60 years of age, meeting someone who is 20 or 18, a teenager, and they have a quarrel. He says, I, I, I killed the young man. He was lamenting, he was regretting, And he even made a judgment for himself that if Cain was avenged seven times, me, I would be avenged 77 times. Because it was from the point of the thing that this man, young man did to me, I don't think I should have killed him. This is not the thing I should have done. I should have done better. But you see his level of anger, uh, he ended up killing the man, what you call accidentally. He didn't intend because he's literally lamenting and regretting why he killed the young boy. Now, this is one of, those of the other signs that most of times when you come from a background where there was bloodshed, you have excessive anger that most of the times kills. Give an example, they are people who beat their children when they are angry to a point of literally fainting. are others, when they get angry, they destroy everything that is in the house. You can destroy literally, if there is a cow next to you, a goat, you can actually kill it because you're angry. Now that anger is not the normal anger where God says not to be angry uh, until you don't go past the sunset when you're still angry. No, 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 no. This is not an emotional anger. That is a, a demonic anger that stems from a curse of bloodshed. That anger which is beyond control. When you get angry, you feel like someone has put a stone in your chest an anger that calls for action, an anger that when you get angry, until you either fight or something happens, you cannot be comfortable, you cannot calm down. And naturally, you can be a very good person, very, very good, when, as long as you're not angry. By the day you get angry, you get out of shape. Now, that level of anger normally is a root of bloodshed because it wants you to shed more blood. Sometimes, actually, you. you find every time you get angry, you slap someone badly and they... Blood has to come through the nose or something. Uh, you can re- recall maybe the fights you've, when you've gone through, maybe in school days or even at work. You find someone respectable just fights every now and then because they are angry. Everyone fears you for your anger. Usually, check back in the background before you overlament and regret why you're so angry. Uh, most likely, there's an element of bloodshed. Uh, I want to leave that one there. The issue of blood as a weapon of war but also as a foundational problem. Now, going back to blood as a weapon of war, let's go to the book of 2 Kings chapter 3. 2 Kings chapter 3. Okay, let's read from verse 21 so that we can because of time we'd have read the whole chapter but let's begin from verse 21 there was a war between Israel and Moab and that's to begin from 21 to get the context
1: when all the Moabites heard that the kings had come out come up to fight against them
0: uh, oh, who... maybe you go back to verse 13 so that we can let's read from verse 13 would rather spend more time but understand it well mm-hmm
1: And Elisha said to the king of Israel, What have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and to the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, No, it is the Lord who has called these three kings to give them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, were it not that I have regard for Jehoshaphat the king of Judah, I would neither look at you nor see you, but now bring me a musician. And when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him, and he said, Thus says the Lord, I will make this dry stream bed full of pools. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind or rain, but that stream bed, that stream bed shall be filled with water so that you shall drink, you, your livestock, and your animals. This is a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also give the Moabites into your hand, and you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city, and shall fell every good tree and stop all springs of water, and ruin every good piece of land with stones. The next morning, about the time of offering the sacrifice, behold, water came from the direction of Edom, till the country was filled with water. When all the Moabites ha- when all All the Moabites heard that the kings had come up to fight against them. All who were able to put on armor from the youngest to the oldest were called out and were drawn up at the border. And when they rose early in the morning and the sun shone on the water, the Moabites saw the water opposite them as red as blood. And they said, This is blood. The kings have surely fought together and struck one another down. Now then Moab to the spoil. But when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose and struck the Moabites. Still, they fled before them and they went forward, striking the Moabites as they went. Should I go on?
0: Yes, go to the end.
1: And they overthrew the cities and on every good piece of land, every man threw a stone until it was covered. They stopped every spring of water and felled all the good trees till only its stones were left in care Parasesh, and the slingers surrounded and attacked it. When the king of Moab saw that the battle was going against him, he took with him seven hundred swordsmen to the to break through opposite the king of Edom, but they could not. Then he took his oldest son, who was to reign in his place, and offered him for a burnt offering on the war. And there came great wrath against Israel, and they withdrew from him and returned to their own land.
0: Thank you. Praise the Lord. Now, this is something very interesting. There was a time when there was a war between Israel and Moab. And God, even using prophet Elisha to give them a prophetic word that they would win and conquer the Moabites. So they had the word of God with them. And uh, they went for battle and started winning. So as they over- started overpowering the Moabites, the king of Moab realized that uh, these guys are impossible. Because remember, they had a prophet word; these were believers, they had their God backing them up. So what this man did, what I told earlier, that usually Satan who knows the power of blood, he has he, at least he has invested in, in, in discipling his, his people, the importance of blood. So this guy got his firstborn, a person who was meant to be a crown prince, someone who was supposed to succeed him. Not the last bow, not just anything else. He got his most precious son, his f- most important son. And the guy slaughtered his son in the midst of the battle and offered him up to his gods, to Satan and whatever. And as soon as he made that sacrifice of offering the guy's blood, from nowhere the Israelites began losing power and they ran away from Moab. The battle ended there. The Israelites still had their God. They still had the prophetic word. What changed the battle uh, is nothing more but the blood of the young man that was offered. Praise the Lord. I want you to begin now imagining in reality, because these were Christians, these were Jews. I mean, these were people, God's people. They had a, prof- they had a behind them. But because the man used the blood, he just changed the entire event of the war. He did not win because God had promised them that they would win the war. But at least the Israelites ran away from him. Now, you can imagine how many of your enemies bewitch you every day with blood of something. Do you know how many of your enemies take sheep and goats and uh, chicken every day to shrines to make sure you don't amount to anything? For you keep saying the blood of Christ is enough. Yes, the blood is enough. But until you appropriate it in the right way, you remain like this guy. These guys are the word of God and they had all the prophetic sayings. But because there are some weapons they didn't know that actually work, the man used the weapon of blood to chase them away. See that there was indignation and wrath against Israel. Somehow, somewhere, the spiritual waves, they invoked demons and demons created fear in the hearts of Israel, and Israelites ran away. You can imagine how many of you have been chased from certain workplaces just because someone offered a cow. The, just the blood of a cow speaks to you every day. Every time you're about to get a breakthrough, you're about to get a promotion, about to get something, you dream when a cow is looking at you. Because the life of that cow, which was offered in the blood, is the one that is speaking for you, seeing a cow, you think it is a physical cow. When actually says it is the blood of the cow that every time you're about to get to somewhere, you dream when a cow is just looking at you, when it is in the front of you. Why? Because the blood that was offered in that cow, it was given certain instructions. It was given certain words that it speaks every time you are about to go. So, because I was no let this person never pass here again. Every time you want to go to a certain village or maybe to a certain place, is when you see a cow. It's why? Because it has it was the blood was given specific instructions to speak in your life. And that's why you need to understand that when you're fighting certain spiritual wars, you need to understand the power that is in the blood. because if you don't understand the power that is in the blood, on the other side, I'm um, so you'll hardly understand the power that is in the blood of Christ itself. That's why most people usually pleaded the blood of Christ, but literally at a verbal level. They just speak. They don't even understand that, that they don't even believe that the blood is real. We only hear about it in Holy Communion moments. But very few people really understand the power that is behind. like they don't see it as a physical weapon of war. You can apply this, because these angels in heaven, by that time, I'm sure you and I know that Christ actually was not as crucified. Because John was seeing a revelation that of something that happened so many years earlier, at the fall of Satan. Meaning these angels did not use the physical blood of Christ that was shed at Calvary, in the days of the Pharisees and Roman Empire. They were appropriating the spiritual blood of Christ, which you and I have access to as well through salvation. Now, that's why it is very important to understand that that's why you find in the book of Judges, we're not going to read it, there are people like Balaam and Balak. When they called the Balak to fight the war against Israel, the only thing he asked for, he says, give me seven bulls. He was not, he didn't ask for guns. He didn't say, guys, let us go and fight with them on the front. He said, give me seven bulls. Why was he asking for seven bulls? When he knew these guys, you can just go and slaughter them with a knife. Well, of course, for that one, it failed. But probably by the time he used seven bulls to fight a war and curse people. It was not the first time he does it and it works. That's why most of the poor have been bewitching you. they have been one of reasons they don't give up is because what they have tried, it has worked for many years. They bewitched your mother and your mother was defeated. They bewitched your father. They succeeded using the same, uh, the same blood. So they are applying the same weapons about you. Most people, they don't know that even you're even saved. But because for you don't understand that there actually there's a blood that is stronger than theirs. Most times you also respond with words. They send blood before you abuse them. You attack them. Sometimes you even migrate from one place to another to hide from them. You know, and you think by getting a new passport, or diplomatic passport to another country, it will stop blood from following you. It follows you up to the States. Why? Because blood is spiritual. It is not a physical thing. It is not just a liquid that is red. It is more. That's why God used the blood to eliminate all the sins of the world. Why? Because blood is a spirit. It is not just a liquid. And that's why it's important that each one of us today understands the value of the blood of Christ as you did with these other bloods Maybe let's, as we, I'm planning to wind up in the next three minutes, let's go to the book of Zechariah and we look at some of the things that you need to handle when it comes to blood. Zechariah, chapter, chapter 9, verse 11. We are talking about blood as a weapon of warfare. Liz, you can read for us, verse 11. Okay.
1: Zechariah, chapter
0: 9,
1: verse 11. Verse 11. Um, As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit.
0: Thank you. Now, why would God speak things like this? For me to set your prisoners free, I would need the blood of the covenant. Now, that's very important. Most of us, where well, we have been prisoners, we only need the blood for our redemption. And that's why it's important to appropriate the blood of Christ. That, this bride, that these things come after salvation, not everything is just... Salvation only gives you way into eternal life or justifies you to be free and walk with God as your heavenly father. It does not necessarily deliver you from all the other baggages of trouble that you've been in, as most commonly wants to put it. Now that's why after that you begin to walk with God, and warfare is one of the things you do after getting saved. There has to be a lot of war against forces of darkness, and one of the weapons we need to be free from certain pits of hell is the blood of Christ automatically, and that is the only blood that will save most of us from the pits where we have been put by some of our enemies. Someone can go, for example, and sacrifice a cow and make you the go and put that blood or the sprinkle the blood. On, on a cloth that they have stolen from you or the blood of a dog. Someone can go and slaughter a cat or a dog and put the blood of that dog on your cloth. If they have stolen your cloth, or on your, anything that they have taken from you, they have stolen from you, it could be your hair, it could be your nails. And they just sprinkle that blood of dogs or cats about that thing. And every particular season or every night, these things will be chasing you every now and then you find dogs are fiercely, fearless, fiercely. Chasing, they want to kill you, they want to eat you up, cats want to destroy you in dreams, and you can't uh, understand. Simply because there is a blood that speaks against you every day that was offered in a shrine somewhere. And that's why you need the blood of this covenant to get yourself free from some of these bloods that have become a snare for your life. And my prayer from today is that you will learn to appropriate the blood of Christ not as if, just as a mere statement from scripture, but as a reality of spiritual warfare. Take blood of Christ as a weapon, and also don't under- mind, don't underestimate the blood of other things, because if you don't appropriate the blood of Christ, these other bloods naturally will be stronger than your own life. The blood of a cow can actually defeat you as an individual without the blood of Christ, which is stronger and superior. If you don't learn to appropriate the blood of Christ, most times you live a defeated life because people have understood how to use blood as a weapon of war to defeat most of the Christians. And uh, that's where I would want to end for today because of time, but I want us to make a simple prayer uh, for ourselves this morning. Because if angels used blood to defeat principalities and demons, how much more do we honestly need blood to fight our battles? Let us ask the Lord in prayer that God will give us uh, will give us understanding on how to use blood as a weapon of war, that we shall learn how to appropriate the blood of Christ so that we are able to overcome every other blood that is shed. Because if a man shed blood to overcome to win a war against Israel, there are so many people have sacrificed their children, their own to make sure they really win and defeat certain realms of politics business and uh, other fields and spheres of uh, influence. So let us pray that the Lord will give us grace and an understanding to appropriate the blood in warfare. Let's pray that prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, give us an understanding according to your word, by your power and the power of your spirit, that we shall learn how to appropriate blood in war. In the name of Jesus, we shall no longer use blood just for verbal conversations and spiritual talk, but that Lord we shall see it as a physical weapon for our defense and for our redemption in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: amen. One, more, one more prayer
0: uh, in uh, right, let's go to uh, the 21 and read one more prayer. This is about bloodshed. Verse twenty-one, chapter twenty-one, verse one. Please, you can read for us quickly, verse one to verse. Deuteronomy uh, me. 21? Twenty-one from verse one
1: to verse five. From verse one. Verse seven. Sorry, Should you turn on me. Twenty-one, yes. verse seven. Verse
0: one to verse seven.
1: Ah, okay. If in the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess, someone is found slain lying in the open country, and it is not known who killed him. Then your elders and your judges shall come out, and they shall measure the distance to the surrounding cities. And the elders of the city that is nearest to the slain man shall take a heifer that has never been worked and that has not pulled in a yoke. And the elders of that city shall bring the heifer down to a valley with running water, which is either Ploughed, which is neither ploughed nor sown, and shall break the heifer's neck there in the valley. Then the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come forward, for the Lord your God has chosen them to minister to him and to bless in the name of the Lord. And by their word, every dispute and every assault shall be settled. And all the elders of that city nearest to the slain man shall wash their hands over the heifer, whose neck was broken in the valley. And they shall testify, our hands did not shed this blood, nor did our eyes see it shed.
0: What in verse 8?
1: Accept atonement, O Lord, for your people Israel, whom you have redeemed. And do not set the guilt of innocent blood in the midst of your people Israel, so that their blood guilt be atoned for. So you shall pass the guilt of innocent blood from your midst when you do what is right in the sight of the Lord.
0: This is the scripture that I would want us to pray into that the Lord will deliver us from innocent blood that was shed especially by our ancestors where we did not physically participate, but we are suffering the consequences of that bloodshed, especially those of uh, us online who are struggling with the spirit of vagabondism. Vagabond, vagabond everywhere. You are a vagabond. You cannot settle. You cannot relax. You cannot rest. You have restlessness internally every time from childhood up to today, and you struggled with that spirit. Let us pray that the Lord would forgive us of the bloodshed and not lay his innocent blood that was shed especially by our ancestors upon us. Let's make that repentance before the Lord and ask him to deliver us from any bloodshed that was made by our ancestors. Pray that prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that Lord, you'll forgive us this day of any innocent blood that was shed by our ancestors that has caused us to be restless wanderers, that has made us to be vagabonds, that has caused us to live a life of anxiety, a life of no peace, a life of no rest. That, Lord, today you'll accept atonement of prayer before you and release each one of us from the guilt of bloodshed that was made by our ancestors, that was made by uh, those who came before us, that has haunted us up until today. That, Lord, we shall be delivered from the guilt of any blood that was shed by our ancestors. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, finally, let's pray that God will silence, that the blood of Christ will silence any other blood that has been speaking against your life. It could be the blood of chicken, the blood of sheep, the blood of cows, the blood of goats, the blood of anything. There is in the blood of human beings that was Some of you are sleeping in houses where they were sacrificed animals. And this blood speaks against you. Every night you have prayed, you have done everything, but what is, against you is the uh, thing that was put in the foundation of the house where you're staying. So let us ask the Lord, the Lord's blood, is the one which overcame in heaven. To come and also silence the other voices of blood that have been speaking against you in the night and during day pray that prayer will be done father in the name of jesus i pray that lord your blood will silence every other blood that has been a snare and is raising voices against us in the night and during day that the blood of christ will silence all the bloods that have been a problem that have been speaking whose voices have been an issue, whose voices have been a stumbling block to our growth, to our walk, and in our lives. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that your blood will come down today and overcome every other voice. Let the voice of the blood of Christ silence all the uh, voices of blood that have been a snare and a stumbling block. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Back to you, Liz, uh, as we continue. Amen. amen, amen, amen. Amen. Thank
1: you so much. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. Thank you very much. Amen. Uh, amen. amen, amen. Thank you for that. And uh, you really ably led us. But we'll just respond uh, in a few minutes and then i'll hand over lord we want to thank you so much for you are you care for us and you you teach us you choose to give us wisdom and understanding i want to especially thank you for our brother gilbert for using him so powerfully this morning to expound on your word and to help us to understand the importance of the blood the blood the sacrificial blood that was shed for us on the cross, Lord. I thank you for him. Thank you for his family. Lord, I pray for him that in the name of Jesus, you will protect him with the blood of Jesus, that he will not, whatever attack he may face as a result of his sharing with us today, Lord, that it will not affect him because he's covered by the blood. Lord, I pray that you will prosper him. I pray that he will see your goodness in the land of the living, that, Lord, as a result of his sharing with us, Lord, today, you will reward him, that he will see breakthroughs in areas where there has been hindrance, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, that he will experience you in a new way, Lord, that you will continue to grow him, that he will grow from strength to strength in his walk with you. And he will keep changing from glory, from one degree of glory to another, as your word says. That, Lord, uh, he will experience you in a totally new way, O God, as a result of his time uh, that he has given us here. Lord, bless him, bless his family, bless his work, bless all the things that he he puts his hand on all the things that he gets involved in oh lord let your blessing and your presence be upon him lord we thank you we bless you for it's in jesus name we pray amen and father we want to thank you for reminding us that the blood of jesus is sufficient and lord we ask that you forgive us because many times as our brother has shared we have used just the word blood of jesus blood of jesus we've not really appropriated it as we should out of ignorance out of just not caring out of not trying to find out but lord we thank you for teaching us today and lord we pray that you will help us that the things that we have learned this morning we shall go and apply them because this is not something that is to be theoretical but that is to be applied we thank you for the weapon of the blood of jesus and we thank you because we are very sure that the blood of jesus speaks better things than the blood of animals and so lord in spite of all that the other people may be trying the witches and other people that we are uh, Shedding blood against us and trying to harm us. We thank you that the blood of Jesus is stronger and is more powerful. Hallelujah. And so we shall not live in fear. We shall not be intimidated because of the blood that is being shed every day by all these other people. Because we know that at Calvary, the blood was shed once and for all and it has been sufficient for our sins but it's also sufficient to protect us to use as a weapon now lord i pray that you will help us give us understanding on how to appropriate the blood of jesus on our daily walk in this life that we walk in this spiritual battle that we are in lord that we will not take it for granted that we will not um fail to use the weapon that you have given us, O Lord. Help us, Lord, to always use it, O Lord, and to use it appropriately, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We bless you. Thank you for giving us all the weapons that we need for the war that we face every day. And so we can walk with confidence because we know that we are more than conquerors because of what you've already given us. Lord, help us to meditate on your word and to know how to continue to see how to apply it in our lives. Even as we live today and go to continue the work that you have given us, we pray that you go before us and cover us with the blood of Jesus, Lord, and help us, O Lord, to use the blood to fight and to win the battle, oh Lord, and to be able to give a testimony of what you've done in our lives, because as we read, they they conquered, but they were able to overcome by the word of the testimony and by the blood. And so, Lord, help us to be able to testify of the goodness of the things that you have done in our lives. We exalt you, we magnify you, for it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.